thank you. Uh, thank you for um, your remarkable hospitality, uh, the warmth of um, the greeting we've received, and yes, especially uh, for the dialogue that we've had for many, many months on so many different issues. Um, and we're profoundly joined and connected in, I think, a basic uh, outlook as two great constitutional democracies um, with a shared set of values. But to your point, uh, we bring different perspectives on some issues. And I have to tell you, as a result of our many conversations, uh, you've uh, helped me rethink things and look at things in a different light. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, and it's an ongoing conversation. I think the fact that so many American policymakers have traveled to take part in the strategic dialogue uh, from the White House, from the State Department, from the U.S. Trade and Development Agency, from the Department of Health and Human Services, from bureaus uh, in uh, our departments dealing with economic growth, uh, global health, policy planning, that in and of itself is a signal, uh, evidence of the importance that we attach to the relationship with South Africa and the importance that South Africa has in our work at home and also around the world, uh, and how committed we are to making the ties between us even stronger. Um, on one level, it's simple. Given your economic heft, your leading global voice, your membership in the G20, your influence among the G77 countries, and the critical role that South Africa plays on global health, on climate, on democracy, regional security, and so much else, what South Africa says, what South Africa does, has powerful global implications. Uh, and that makes this strategic dialogue uh, a vital forum, um, marking a serious commitment by both of our governments to this bilateral relationship and to the work we're doing together, not only uh, between us, but uh, regionally and, and globally. And as we're going to get briefed in a moment on, on some of the uh, work of the strategic dialogue, I think it's fair to say that the breadth and depth of the topics covered here today reflect the scope of our shared priorities. You said it very well and powerfully. Uh, we're dealing, both of us, with an incredibly challenging time. Um, the world faces threats from disease, from climate change, from food insecurity, uh, from violence. Um, what we can achieve together as two leading democracies, I think is even more urgent. And that's also why so many colleagues are here and so invested in this process. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing from our teams um, about um, particularly the focus areas set out by President Ramposa and Biden when they spoke a few months ago. Health, climate, trade and investment, infrastructure. These are critical areas for both of our countries, and our teams have done important work in advancing our work in each of these areas. Let me just say very quickly, um, even before we hear from them, I think on health, we have reaffirmed a long-standing partnership uh, through the U.S. President's uh, Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, uh, or PEPFAR. I have to say uh, this is something, as an American, uh, I'm proudest of over the last 25 or 30 years. It's hard to think. Uh, of a more significant initiative that has saved more lives, changed more lives uh, than, uh, than PEPFAR. 21 million lives saved over nearly 20 years. And we continue to work toward epidemic control, 
of HIV and TB, and an AIDS-free generation. Um, our work on HIV-AIDS and, and TB has given us a strong foundation to collaborate effectively on COVID-19 and other emerging health threats. So we'll keep working together, uh, including under the COVID-19 Global Action Plan, on this pandemic, but critically, uh, and as you said, to try to strengthen global health security going forward and more broadly, because even as we get through this pandemic, we know that there will be others lurking. And if we don't learn the lessons and act on the lessons from this pandemic and create a stronger global health system, then really bad on us. So we're both committed to doing that together. And I especially want to thank South Africa and its world-class scientists for your role in identifying the Omicron variant and immediately, immediately alerting the world. Um, it's no wonder that you're becoming a hub of vaccine development to help Africa generate its own production and to help the world prepare as necessary for the next pandemic. On climate and energy, um, very much look forward to hearing the, uh, the details of how today's discussion advanced our robust joint efforts. Energy access and production are critical to South Africa's future, while at the same time, both our nations have been affected by the ravages of, of, of the climate crisis. We're feeling it, you're feeling it every single day. And part of the challenge over many years in dealing with climate is it always seemed to be, well, yes, it's a problem, but it's tomorrow's problem. No longer the case. It's today's problem. And I think we all feel the fierce urgency of now when it comes to dealing with climate. We see that just in the recent floods in Durban and in Kentucky. So we know that to preserve our planet and to protect our citizens, we have to find a way to an energy transition that allows us to meet those goals while supporting those who've been most affected by the climate crisis. The United States and other partners are committed to a just energy transition partnership with public-private investments in renewable energy and in supporting South Africa's transition to a low-carbon economy. Infrastructure. Um, South Africa is so well positioned to lead development of transportation and digital infrastructure throughout the region. We're looking for ways that the, the G7's Partnership for Global Infrastructure and Investment, announced by the G7 leaders at President Biden's initiative just a couple of months ago, can support these goals through access to financing, project preparation, and facilitating partnerships with the private sector. And on trade. Um, ladies, you said we have a, a vital economic relationship. And it is very encouraging that even with COVID, uh, trade and investment between South Africa and the United States reached, as you said, a record $21 billion uh, last year. But we know that we can make something good even better. As South Africa's second largest trade partner, we're committed to continuing this robust, dynamic, and mutually beneficial partnership. Uh, today was not the culmination of our partnership, but I think the start of a new chapter. President Biden is very much looking forward to welcoming President Ramposa to Washington next month. And in December, we're incredibly excited to be hosting uh, the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit, picking up something that President uh, Obama started, and we welcome South Africa's input on making that summit a success. We have between us a long history of cooperation, from regional peace and security, to promoting democracy and global health, to shaping our technological and economic futures. And our shared values and interests extend beyond our two governments. They're woven through the fabric of our societies, through partnerships between our private sectors, uh, exchanges between our cultural and educational institutions, 
and especially ties of friendship and family among our people, um, especially our young people. So to conclude and say simply as we hear from our colleagues, my team and I very much look forward to continuing to work closely with you to overcome the challenges that we both have to face, to engage frankly and meaningfully on issues where our views might differ, and to chart a course toward a promising future that will benefit the people of both South Africa and the United States, and I think beyond. So thank you again for today. Thank you for the warmth of and thank you for the invitation to come back. We're going to take you up on that. <laughs> thank you.